When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something like Talk Time on podcast. It's the Something Podcast. episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. Um, something a little bit different this episode. So instead of hearing from um, Sutton supporters panel and opposition, we're going to get some, um, in quote, outsiders. Um, both been very complimentary to us in the past, but um, joining me tonight is Nick Godwin. How are you, Nick? How are you? Godwin, Hello, I yeah. again already. Yeah. Sorry. Just the um, one out. Yeah, I know. I think I've, I've written it about seven times <laughs> in your email. Going, Why is his email? I didn't know we had any Latin Orient fans on. <laughs> And Gabriel Sutton. Hi, Gab. How are you? Hi, Mike. Very good to see you as always. Looking forward to chatting. Good, good, good. So I've decided to set off this new year um, in style and show up not only my technical um, problems, but my lack of knowledge by inviting some people with good knowledge on and some good broadcasting skills um, to treat treat the people who actually listen and put up with me throughout the show for, um, it was 100 episodes last time out, so you're 101. Um, poor, poor people who listen to this rubbish. <laughs> thank you so much for your time i will sort of bomb through um basically i've got a few questions and it's all about sort of how something is perceived from outside the club um i know um you've had some interaction with the fans and um as i said you've been quite complimentary in the past and that wasn't just the reason you were chosen it's just, it does help though <laughs> so nick i know you kind of had knowledge of us prior to us coming into the football league 
Um, but Gab, I'm not sure how much you did, but so to, to the two of you, really, what was your thoughts about Sutton when we got promoted at, um, into the league last season? If I start with you, Nick, I'll give Gab a minute or two to think about his answer. I just remember it being the most astonishing story, really, um, because, you know, I'd been past the ground, to the ground, in the ground previously, and I was I was very aware that, that Sutton United were, in my own mind, as someone who kind of covers London football up and down the city, you know, a very well-run, very content non-league club. That's I think, I think Paul Doswell might have actually used those words to me when I spoke to him. Uh, around the FA Cup run, you know, um, there was all that business with the, the the artificial surface as well, which would have meant that getting promoted would have meant getting rid of it. And it was such a vital community asset as well. So I remember thinking back when they got promoted, I was there that day when they um, when they won the league. And I remember thinking back to that conversation that I had with Paul Doswell, not that many years previously, where he he just kind of articulated this really sound vision of Sutton as this very very well plugged into its community, very well run, well supported non-league team who were very happy kind of getting on with their role in their community. And that was that. But then this, you know, this wave of success has just kind of propelled them, even though all of those things were true then and to a degree still are true. You, you, you know, this irresistible wave of success and it's almost it almost made that achievement that day when I sat there in the press box thinking I, I you know I can't believe they've done it um and it will also be from a journalistic point of view fascinating to see how that really solid non-league football club manages to get on in the football league for the first time ever yeah I mean that, that day was I maintain was a very odd day um because it was the first match we got to see properly for a while yeah and we were 1-0 up and we were doing all right. I've watched it back and we were fine. But there was just this nervousness throughout the ground and everyone was silent until Louis John. And I I think you've had two or three of us on asking what our favourite goal is. And we said, yeah, Louis John's. It wasn't the most classic goal, but he just stuck out his big old long leg and, and scored. And at that point, we were like, oh, my God, we've done it. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. the third one as well, the uh, Kenny Davis to Oliafe as well, that yeah. kind of rounded it off. That was a yeah. lovely pass from uh, from Kenny, I thought, as well. It, it was beautiful, but it was it was only at that 2-0 that suddenly yeah. this noise went around going, hang on a minute, I this. think we've just done I, this. I think I screamed, start the party in the in the commentary <laughs> we were doing at that point, because I, I would agree, I thought 2-0, they're not coming back from this, you know, this is, that's, that's, that's sealed it, you know, and, and everybody knows that it's done now, and the celebrations afterwards, all the players knew it, Matt Gray knew it, the fact there were 2,000 people in the ground, everybody knew it, so yeah, um, yeah. that, that really was the moment when the penny dropped. Yeah, I've, I think the, the phrase they used back in the FA Cup run, um, and I think two seasons after when we almost got to the title was <clears throat> we want to be the best non-league side we can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and because so, Football League was never, never really on our agenda, wasn't really on our radar. Um, but they, they always said, if we get it, we're taking it. We're not, we're not, we're not trying for it. But if it happens, it happens. But Gav, what, what were your impressions of Sutton before you knew we were promoted? Well, um, I think, as you can imagine, it's a club I've um, learned a lot about over the last two years quite quickly, I suppose, because they weren't a club that I was uh, massively uh, sort of familiar with. Obviously, you're aware that that Paul Doswell had been manager for a number of years. Was it um, eight, eight, ten years? I think that's 12, yeah. 
Yeah, twelve, twelve, right? Yeah, um, and yeah, he did some incredibly, um, incredibly impressive work because I think you won the certainly step three under him, weren't you? And then a couple of promotions. So yeah, really impressive work under under Paul Doswell. And I think that um, yeah, coming into it, I think you, you're always a little bit um, not sure quite what to expect because it's a club that only actually turned full time on winning promotion to the Football League. And I think that over the last couple of years, the clubs have to try and evolve very quickly. And it's been a learning process. And while the players have done incredibly well on the pitch, there's still a lot of um, adjustments to be made off it. But some good progress so far. But um, a huge fan of the work that Matt Gray's done and uh, and hopefully you can continue to build. Yeah, I think AB, the, the vice chairman, has basically said many, many times, the off the field team now need to catch up with the on field team. Um, and if they could just calm down for a little while, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Um, which leads me nicely onto last season. I mean, there was mixed things because, as you say, there wasn't many people knowing who we were. There was mixed predictions. Um, but what were your thoughts during last season when I think we were in the top seven for a good three or four months? I know, Gab, we had lots of fun with the whole. 50 points, 50 points, 50 points when we're on 48 points. We're still 50 you, you, were points. Saying, you were saying you wanted 50 <laughs> points when you're on 51 points. Yeah. Well, we'd be happy for some of the points to roll over to this season. But what, what were your thoughts last season when we when we seemed to be just doing so well? We just had this golden touch, golden run. Um, what, what were you thinking about team and when did your sort of opinion kind of change of us? For me, um, Wow, that's it's a great question because I think that possibly in the early weeks of the season was it two points from the first five games and um, it was a sense that maybe you probably played a bit better than results had um, had possibly suggested um, and then it, it all seemed to click. But I suppose it's been difficult for me to really get a handle on certain United firsthand because the two performances I saw last season were probably two of the worst performances of the season because I was up at Rock Dale, where, to be honest, you're awful, apart from t- a 10-minute spell. Um, and then I also went to Port Vale, where um wasn't the best performance that one either. So um, I didn't quite get the chance to see, really, certain United at their best for sort of the 90 minutes, really. Um, but a huge fan of... Um, of the culture Matt Gray's created and you know I actually did an interview with him for my own show called EFL Debate and uh, I asked him about how important the mentality and the attitude of the players that uh, he brings in and how important that is to, uh, to the recruitment process um, and um, and he said it's the most important thing for him because I think he's he's very protective of, of the culture that he's, uh, he's got in place there. Yeah no it definitely isn't it Nick I know you uh you, you mentioned the dreaded second season syndrome to him, uh, but <laughs> apart from that, <laughs> how did you how did you find that as a as with opposed to other oh, EFL managers? F- fantastic, he's he's a brilliant at at, at um, he's kind of. He was very, very good and very accessible when when you guys were in the National League. Um, that day, he he spoke to me a couple of hours before kickoff, just as a little pre-recorded interview. You know, you you even even. At that level, you don't always get access to a manager, particularly if you're a radio station. You know, you don't get access to a manager a couple of hours before kickoff. That just doesn't happen. Uh, but he was good enough to speak to us and give us a sense of how he was feeling and what he told the players and all that kind of stuff. So he he has been um, brilliant. I think he's kind of grown into it as well. I think he's he's taken 
you know, there is a huge difference. And especially when you're a story like Sutton are people taking it, oh, you know, Sutton United, this is very interesting. You know, they've come from nowhere and so on. Um, but he has played all of that. This is purely from a media point of view. The rest mm-hmm. of it, he's been fantastic as well. Purely from a media point of view, I think he's played it played it so well uh, he's never kind of indulged in the sort of little old Sutton business except to kind of weaponize it when it's appropriate and I think that's that's entirely legitimate uh for him um and he's all you know he always goes back to his principles as well you know that he has a real sense of how this should be done even at the level he's at now no point no point we ever felt that he's kind of out of his depth at all he's just kind of grown into the job at every with every challenge that, that's come along and um you know I think that's been very impressive because you know, the, the, the manager of a mid-table non-league side suddenly thrust into League Two, suddenly going to Wembley. That would frighten the life out of me. But as I said, he just takes it all in his stride, which is which is absolutely exceptional. And he's, you know, he's very, very good to deal with from a, from a media perspective. He's very, um, he's very open. And, you, you know, it, it, as I said, it is so different in League Two. But from that perspective in particular, I think he's just, he's just flourished, really. Yeah, I mean, we, we all kind of still feel it's the, still the start of a project and then you see stats like he's the something like the top 10 longest serving EFL managers and it's like how on earth can that be right because we still feel he, we're at the start of his story um but yeah I think it, I think there's just so much that aligned for us it was right club right time right board right fans I know um I've, I've apologized to you past Nick where I said it's terrible when you get the Sutton fans on because you can take one out, put someone else in, and it's the same answer, the same story because we are all literally no, on the same page. But that, but that, that tells you something, doesn't it? You know, you can get we, we do some London clubs and they come on uh, and uh, some of them hate the manager, some of them love the manager, some of them think it's going in the right direction, other thinks that they, 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 there's no identity and the lacks direction, and you know we could all name the clubs. Involved, I'm sure Gab knows you know, some of the London clubs in particular who who I could be referring to. Um, uh, but the, you know there is a unity of purpose. That's the phrase I would use uh, with, with Sutton. And and again, because you know you're, it seems like you're saying they're only at the beginning. It does feel like Sutton are still still which is remarkable on this kind of sort of jet propelled roller coaster. And eventually, you know, I, that's when I sort of hinted at this second season syndrome thing at the start of the campaign with Matt, which did not go down well, that eventually, you know, the fuel in this rocket is going to is going to run out and there will be a plateauing or a stabilisation at some point. But every time I say this, I look like a right idiot because every time I say this, it just doesn't happen. So, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's confounded some of the, 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 the knowledge on that front. But um, uh, yeah, that, that, there, there is a very good reason why all Sutton fans uh, say the same thing is because they like what they're seeing at the moment. And the, and the key thing is they all sort of say, oh, this is great. 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 But we still feel it's our football club. We still feel it. We're connected to it in the way we were connected to it when we were in non-league. And we still feel that that's the people running the club are going to insist that that connection remains. And again, I hear that every time, which means, you know, there must be at least a grain of truth about it as well, which is very encouraging to hear. Well, I, I, um, just, I'd just like to uh, pick up on Nick's point there about the um, this sort of steam train thing where certainly United have just had so much momentum and achieved so much in a short space of time. And uh, I think it was a plateauing that, that sort of Nick described. I almost think that in a way, certainly United sort of need a bit of a plateauing up, in, in a, up to a point because... Um, I think I speaking to, to Matt um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he was very honest when um, talking about last season. If certain United had snuck into the playoffs and gone up, um, hand on heart for him, it would have been too soon. And I think that 
possibly the group of players that have got certain United to where they are possibly aren't necessarily going to be the exact same ones that are going to keep them uh, in the EFL over the next few years and, and possibly possibly beyond, who, who knows. But um, I think that now it's got to be a very careful process for Matt where it's a case of protecting this really strong uh, culture in the squad and uh, but just gr very gradually evolving it and introducing a bit more quality where possible here and there um i think that's the process and sometimes that's not necessarily going to be conducive to just shooting up again sometimes there does need to be a bit of a, a plateauing but um i think that's possibly um a necessary step if you like for, for where the club is certainly off the field yeah i mean absolutely i mean we <laughs> I don't think anyone really thought if we snuck into the playoffs we were going to do anything in the playoffs because we have a rubbish record at the playoffs. So we all, we all know that. But to miss out by, I think, a record number of points and all we needed on the last day was either of the teams both battling for the championship to win and us to win and neither one of them managed to win. <laughs> it's like, how, how? How is that possible? But, um, yeah, I felt when I spoke to him... He's very motivating, and I was ready to give him like 20 minutes on the pitch, even though I can barely run. Um, so he he's a really, really nice guy. Um, you say he's accessible. Both him and Bruce gave me time in the week of the um, the Pizza Cup final. They literally did an interview for me, same as a BBC interview or anyone else. And I was like, oh, my God, I really can't really take up your time. And they're like, yes, you can, Mike. You absolutely can take my time. Um, but, yeah, I love them to bits. <laughs> All of them. And the board, we were saying about the board, um, someone made a point when we played Leeds, one of the um, officers looked around the boardroom and said seven or eight of the people on the board at that time were at the Leeds match way, way, way back when Leeds beat at six mil sort of 40 odd years ago. And they, they were all supporters then no and on the board uh, then. So it's a definite progression from supporter to board for some, not for everyone, because I'd be rubbish at that. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Sutton United Talk Time on podcast, the Sutton Podcast. If you are new to the show, hello, and you are very welcome. Hope you enjoy what we do. It's a very simple format. We get a few people on to talk about the game that's just gone, and then we preview the next game coming up. We are available on most podcast platforms where you can listen, rate, and review. If you find that we're not on your preferred platform, please let me know and I'll sort that for you. If anyone would like to support the podcast, you can find out how with more information on the website, which is www.suttonpodcast.com. And there's a tab where you can find out how to be a guest as well. Please find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok with the username at Sutton Podcast. Every like, follow and share is really appreciated. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. But this season, obviously, has been a struggle. From our point of view, yes, there were a lot of predictions, Gab, that we were going to struggle and finish in the lower half of the table. Um, <laughs> that, that did change. And I did ask you yes. a question. What, 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 I, what I did say 20 seconds before the season. Yeah. Um, so, so far on this season, what, what do you sort of... Are we right? The injuries are what's caused it? Or is um, the second season syndrome what causes it? Um, Nick, if I start with you on that one. It seems to me it's a bit of both. The injury has been horrendous. And, you know, even Matt, who has just got this kind of indestructible self-confidence, you know, has struck me on occasion hearing him just saying, I cannot believe how bad the injury situation has become. I just don't understand the uh, the, 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 the bad luck that we've been that we've had visited on us. And, you know, equally, 
it, it is tough that second season, I think, in, in, in any new division because you, you are new and you are different and people haven't worked you out and people have probably underestimated you in the opening um, season. You're in a new division. I think that's entirely possible uh, for that to be the case. You know, people have said, oh, there's, there's something there. You know, they're a non-league team. They're, they won't threaten us in any of the ways we think. And then, of course, they get horribly found out. Whereas this season, people have been like, right, well, we know, we know, we know a little bit more of what's coming and we're going to do our level best to stop it. It's not always possible to stop it, but at least we're going to be, we're going to be aware that these things, you know, um, from a certain perspective could hurt us. Uh, so you have lost a little bit of that element, but again, but is it, is it going to, I don't know, I hope this doesn't sound too trite. Isn't that all about establishing yourself in league two? Is that, is that not, is, is that not part of the process in that, in that division where, you know, you get promoted, you, you wow everybody because you've, you're, you're different and then you have to roll your sleeves up and carve out a place for yourself in a new division, not by winning, you know, five, ten games in a row, but by getting your players booted and injured and having to sort of, you know, go out with a second string and go and get a point somewhere or, or, or whatever it is. So it does strike me as this is just part of the natural process of starting to establish themselves in, in that division. Um, you know, you'd, you'd hope it doesn't get any worse because... Um, so that they haven't had the points in the bank. I think this at this point of the season that they had this this time last season. But um, but it, it hadn't surprised me. I wouldn't call it second season syndrome again because the manager said how much he objects to it. But but yeah, I think I think it's all part of the natural. You know, the, the slings and arrows of league football. You know, this everybody wants to be in that division, and you you got to fight hard to stay in it. Yeah, we we I spoke to Terry Bullivant, who's obviously been around for a decade or two, um, and he he said I've never known the injuries like this where they're all long-term in similar positions. So we could have had the same number of injuries spread around a bit, but it was all centre-backs or centre-midfields. Um, and I think any team, if you take out your two two of your three main centre-midfielders and two main three defenders, you, you're going to struggle. Um, but Gab, I, I asked you what made you change your mind to partway through the season. And you, you said it's because of the injuries that made you change your position on where we were going to finish. Yeah, um, I think the injuries were certainly a big factor behind um, the um, struggles at times in the first half of the season. And I think it was at times 10 players out uh, at any one point. So uh, obviously that makes things a lot more difficult for any club in this division, but especially for certain where, um, you know, resources are tight. So uh, really impressed actually with how um, how the club has been able to kind of pull through. And I think a, a lot of that is down to, the culture that um, that Matt Gray has instilled or continued to instill off the back of uh, Paul Doswell, just because there just seems to be this mentality where it's like we dig in, um, you know, in, a, in in times of adversity, just get the head down and, and get on with it, where clubs who don't have that sort of culture and ethos might struggle a lot more with that, the same kind of injury crisis. But I saw you win 1-0 at Wimbledon with... with Joe Kizzy at centre-back and Enzio Boldvine at right-back. And uh, and all of a sudden, about 10 weeks later, you've still got those two players in the same positions. And it just shows how you've been able to dig out points in, in adversity, really. And now you've got um, uh, Aaron Pierre, uh, Ben Goodliffe, Ali Smith and Harry Beauty been back fit, uh, along with possibly a few others. Um, I think that's a real plus. And hopefully um, you can have a good second half of the season off the back of that. Yeah, I mean, we I spoke to a Gillingham fan and... We were shocked, just literally shocked, because one thing we've always been very, very lucky with, um, apart from one or two seasons in sort of early 2000s, is basically every Sutton team go out 
and they might get beaten, they might get badly beaten, but they try and they don't stop running and it's, they're beaten usually because of something that's quite skillful or they're just not quite good enough. No point have we ever gone, they didn't give it all their all. Um, you can literally see the players coming off just dripped in sweat. Um, and yeah, most of the, I think every player who plays for us on a regular basis has a really good relationship with the crowd. On the back of our third shirt is the names of everyone who supported during COVID. Um, and apparently the players love wearing it. <laughs> so the new kit the suppliers were told you have to replicate that kit exactly. <laughs> There's no, no, no challenges there. Um, but do you see that with other clubs? Does, does something seem different? Because obviously I'm, I'm very insular. I look at something and that's it. Mm. Um, is it as odd as I think it is? And, and we're a restrained bunch or is that everywhere? I, I think um, I th- I'd certainly a strange bunch, obviously. Um, I, <laughs> no, I think um, I think that I think there is a certain unique spirit about certain United that probably is different to a lot of the clubs that are maybe more established in the football league. And I think a lot of it does come from the sort of non-league groups. The fact that only. Um, was it uh, 10 years ago or maybe a bit longer the club was in the um uh step three and on league um was it this this man sorry um Mike, was yeah, it this it's, it's, league, it's league, league yeah um it was 12 yeah. yeah 12 years ago so two years ago we won ago, the national yeah. five years ago we won conference south and then five years before that we won the Ryman, as it were. Yeah, so so it's it's a club that's had its roots in in non-league football, and I think because of that, even playing in the football league, it still carries elements of that with it. Uh, that's my sort of impression of it. And you know, even you know Matt Gray have uh, he hosts a you know a, a club pub quiz night um, a couple of times <laughs> a year. You probably wouldn't see Vincent Company doing that at Burnley, would you? So. Um, I think there is a bit of a unique spirit there and, you know, I think having a bar open and um, I think, yeah, you don't see that at too many other professional clubs. And, you know, I, I, I do hope that whatever sort of journey certainly United have um, over the next 10, 20 years and beyond, don't lose that sort of spirit because that's what gets pe- people to get on board with the certain United journey over other clubs in London, like a like an Arsenal, a Tottenham, or a Chelsea, um, and I think that's a real selling point for certain United. I think that's a big part of um, of the success you've had. You may have hit upon a point there with uh, me saying it. All the everyone loves the players, and we love that they're trying. But if they're in the bar afterwards, you're not going to say to Kobe Rowe, "You played rubbish today, mate," because he's a giant. <laughs> they're they're all absolutely massive blokes, but they're lovely. Um, so Nick, what's your sort of views on? Well, that? yeah, I think I think Sutton are quite unique in some respects because of the way they got out of non-league. Because so much of the national league now is about you know how many resources you've got or what Hollywood film stars you've got <laughs> backing you, you know, and that's kind of the the the, the way that 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 or the other sort of element of that there's you know clubs that have a massive um uh, pedigree in the football league previously you, you know the teams that have gone down some have come back and gone, gone back down again but you're talking about names that we all know from the past that have been you know oldham athletic fa cup semi-finalists when i was a kid you know i mean this is it's extraordinary to see them them, them down there so what Sutton have done really well is is their own sort of unique way out of it which is um you know, basically to stick to their principles and do it quote unquote the right way. Um, so in, in that way, I think they are a little bit unique, um, to be honest with you, because they have, again, they've gone up without really um, changing their identity or having to kind of take on the mantle of being, 
you know, a non-league money bags or something like that, which uh, is, is, is very much assuredly not what Sutton's all about. So, yeah, I think even though there are great stories elsewhere, the, you, you know, that's the great thing about football. You know, there are brilliant tales of bucking trends and, and, and being against the odds all the time, even though that is definitely the case. I think Sutton's one of the more solid ones, to be honest with you, in recent years, because most of the rest of, of the game as we know it is dictated by how much money you've got. Yeah, I mean... I think we coined the phrase quite early last season, we're bringing non-league to the Football League. Um, there was a, another little thing where Bruce got very upset with one of the chants last year with Sutton's going up with a tenner in the bank. Oh, well, he didn't he, like that, yeah. He didn't yeah. like that because he wanted to know where this tenner was. Yeah. And <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what could he spend it on? <laughs> but, um, yeah. It to yourself. Yeah, I like the way you guys are saying unique rather than strange bunch. I like that. I think I'll, I'll stick to that instead. It's far more polite. Um, but would it, would it, I, I think we were told we need two, three seasons at this level to get everything kind of paid for. So all the improvements we had to do with the pitch and the away stand and the other stands that have to follow. Um, so we kind of got to have football league status for a couple of years. I think that's why people were hoping to get promoted last year, because that meant we're going to have at least three years because we get promoted and maybe get relegated. Um, but I think if if we start that, we can then potentially start seeing some money spent on the pitch, but we're going to have to just keep looking for the bargains and people who are desperate to prove themselves. Like, I know you're a big fan of Omar, um, Joe Kizzy. Oh, I love um, Omar, but yeah, yeah. mate, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's exactly what they do. I mean, that game against Newport, it was like, has anyone played centre-back before? And I think he said, oh, I played there under, under nines. Off you go, son. <laughs> You're playing there again. Um, but, yeah, that's just exactly what we're like. But how do we see the rest of this season? Because we have seem to have turned our corner. We seem to have got a few players back. I did say if we have a... If we, if the, if we get the good luck as if we got bad luck in the last season, or the, the first half of the season, we're going to have an amazing storming second half of the season. Somehow or other, we are three points off the playoffs. No one knows how or why. <laughs> um, but how do you kind of see it going for the rest of the season? Do you see us maintaining um, or doing a late charge? Right, what a great question. Um, I, I I don't know is, is the, the first answer because I think the, the League 2 playoff scramble this season is incredibly um, competitive. So anyone down from sort of who, uh, whoever's in fourth place at the moment... Um, uh, is it, was it Mansfield at one point or yeah. Carlisle? So anyone from Carlisle down to uh, 15th place Tranmere or even Grimsby in 16th, I think has an outside shot at the, the playoffs. So I think it's incredibly tough. So just nine points going from um, fourth to 16th. So it just shows you that a good run of form and you can sort of transform your fortunes really. And I think that's what we've seen with certain United. Um so, but I, I just think that it's so it's so tight, close to call. But I think that there's a lot of encouragement to be um, to be had from the fact that there is a you know closer to a fully fit squad now with some of the returnees that are back. Um, I think Ben Goodliffe's going to make a huge difference. Ali Smith potentially as well. So, and I think with the spirit and feel good factor around the place, possibly. Um, if you ask me to sort of put money on it, I would say certain might just fall short. But uh, definitely a lot better than twenty second. <laughs> and Nick, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think it's going to get any worse, is it? Because of the the the, the, the players that you've come back. So um, I suppose again, it's just whenever I make any predict, because I, I yeah, I suppose I've constantly sort of said, you know, well done to Sutton, 
um, you know, you've broken through yet another barrier that 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 the, the club really weren't envisaging breaking through. You know, as I said, getting to Wembley, challenging in League Two. These were all amazing things, um, and therefore I'd have pro- if, I'd have probably said, look, you know, a bit of mid-table obscurity. I don't know. I don't know whether fans get kind of success fatigue almost, or not success fatigue, but just kind of drama fatigue when you know you go for years and years where you're either fighting relegation or you're challenging for something, and and there's just kind of this urge to kind of disappear in mid table. I don't I don't know really, but I, I um whenever I make any predictions about what something they're gonna do, they they absolutely buck the trend and, and, and prove me wrong. So uh, I'm re- very reluctant to, uh, to 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 put too many trenchant opinions down. But um you know I would have said they'll they'll definitely be okay you know given what I've seen and, and, and heard and uh, again with the right it, it, I wouldn't you wouldn't put it past Matt Gray to just get that kind of with the players back. You know, I think I've just seen that um David Adjib- David Adjiboy's come back as well. So, you know, just yeah. to a degree, get, getting the band back together again and just that group doesn't really understand failure, it, it's, it seems to me. And I know that that's, you know, football gravity eventually catches up with every football team because it's just the way it works. But they've done so well by purely not accepting that this is their level. Mm-hmm. And because um, they must have been told this over and over again, they must have been told you'll fa- you know you'll be top of you're, you're top of the national league now, but you'll fade, and these other well-resourced teams will overtake you, and that was wrong. And they were probably told you'll definitely struggle in league two, you'll be lucky to survive. They thrived, so again they're like, well, well, we're not going to pay attention to that. You know, this season told second season syndrome. You know, you'll you'll bounce around the bottom six all season again. That hasn't happened, so so it's very difficult to see how this this group. With the players back and Adjibor and all that kind of stuff, you know, can be can have their horizons limited, I suppose. So therefore, if if they can keep the players fit and and the second half of the season is is a real success again, you wouldn't, you know, they do know what it's like to chase down a playoff spot. It's, it's not as though this is this is new to them anymore because they they did it and they never nearly got there last season. So from that point of view, there's there's, there's good reasons to think it might even be possible. Um, I'd quite like to stick to that every five years. I can just about cope with that. That's, that's, that's all right. So we've got a few more years yet. Um, of all the players mentioned, we didn't mention um, the, the captain, leader, legend, Eastie. He, yeah. he, he joined us after bouncing around. The story goes he was about to walk away from football, joined us, won the National League. Uh, sorry, won the National League South. Then a few years later, won the National League. And now... Everyone's kind of like, oh, he's in his 30s now, he's all right. Didn't realise how early his 30s were because we only looked it up the other week. He's only 32, what's that all about? Um, and this season, he has done so, so well. Um, he's been amazing. Um, he, he, he said to me, we did an interview with him in the summer, um, and he said, my motivation was to have another crack at Football League. I want to be a football league footballer again. Mm-hmm. And you could just see the determination in his eyes, just saying that that was the task I set myself. You know, when I got to Sutton and I, I wanted that to be part of my career, I, don't want, I didn't want to think that part of my career is finished. And, you know, it was it was very striking. But ne- clearly now he is living what he wanted to live. And, and you know, why not? You know, you, you what, what, he, he absolutely appears determined to make the most of this, even though he might be sort of coming towards the end, perhaps, but not, 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 I, not very close. But yeah, I'm highly, highly motivated. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. There's eight, eight. Yeah, another one being forty-two. Uh, I'm, st- I'm still harboring vague hopes of uh, success as a, as, a, as a footballer at the age of forty-two. But I'm, I'm, eventually, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna get through to me. But yeah, he just looks like someone who's loving every minute of it, and it's a, it's a job achieved 
but why why stop doing what you wanted to do for years and have spent a decade working on and, and again that's another story for something as well craig dundas who has been with us for decades um came on last year and made his football league debut Brilliant. Um, that's just insane absolutely insane um i will wrap up other than, other than to say um the wembley experience was insane amazing um most people or quite a few people were saying it's the the wigan match was the highlight though where we actually got to wembley not being at wembley because it was just actually a terrible <laughs> experience just like that and i was standing because i paid the most money i've ever had for a seat at Sutton united and stood the whole game and um as it was coming towards the end those last few seconds i realized that if that final whistle went there were going to be tears flowing I wouldn't wear a stop here. And I was wearing a bright yellow jacket standing behind the goal. And I was like, the cameras are going to pan to me, the fat man in the jacket crying his eyes out. And then they scored. And I went, no, 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 go back. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but again, it, it would have been too easy to win that. It's, it's a better story to, to, to come runners up and get the almost men. Um, but thank you guys for your time. It's been a pleasure. Um, I've kept you a little tiny minute longer than I said I would, Nick. Um, <laughs> um, no problem at all. Thanks, thank Thanks for much. having me on. Um, take care and see you soon. Thank you. Thanks, nice Dad. to see you, Gab. All the best. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.